Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for April 20th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the miracles of Jesus. Now, if I'm teaching about the miracles of Jesus, it's because the Father wants you to build up your faith. He wants you to believe that he can do all things because he can. He wants you to believe that it's never too late because it's not. He wants you to get your hopes up. He wants you to get your expectations up. He want, I don't care what you're going through right now. He wants you to look up and not down, forward ever and backward ever. The best is yet to come. We serve a God of progression and not regression. And so put in the chat, say with me, I'm going forward. I'll go anywhere but backwards because our God is a God of progression and not regression. I'm not going back. I'm going forward, forward, ever, back, whenever the best is yet to come for me. So I'm teaching a series on the miracles of Jesus. I've gotten to the last miracle. This is part 65 of the overall series, part seven of the portion with Lazarus. And the title of today's message is Lazarus's miracle and Martha's mistake. We're going to talk about how Martha made a mistake. And so, so there was a misstep in the miracle, the danger of empty words and why God hates religion. I believe, put in the chat, God hates religion. Put in the chat, I will not be religious. We're going to talk about it this morning. Get ready to receive. So as we get into the word for this morning, I do want you to know that um, over the, our church, when I go to church, we got a prophetic word for this year, that this would be a season of refreshing and restoring for us. And this is coming from Psalms 126 and verse four from the Passion Translation. Let me read this to you. I read it to you every day, but that's fine. I'm going to read it to you again. This is what the Bible says. Now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. In this season, I don't care what area of your life went dry. I'm believing with you that whatever area is dry will be drenched again, that you will get a fresh wind, a fresh fire, a fresh anointing in your life. Say amen to that. Say, I receive it. I receive it. All right. So let's get into the word. John chapter 11. Let's recount, uh, recount this story. When the sisters received word that Jesus was coming, like they've been crying, he's dead, Lazarus is dead, it's been four days. Hey, Jesus is coming. Mary and Martha got word that Jesus was coming, both sisters. So Jesus came to meet the sisters and he met them one at a time. So the first sister that came out to meet him was Martha. And, and they actually both, when he met with Martha and then later Mary in, in two separate um, circumstances, they both said the same thing. They actually said the identical statement. That means that they were talking. They said, Lord, if you had been here, our brother would not have died, right? And so they said the same thing, but they didn't say it the same way. And so they got different results. And over the next few days, I'm going to highlight that. I, I love the word of God, man. I'm, I'm the word. There's so much in the word and God allows me to see it. And we're going to pull and unpack. I have a lot to share with you in this morning. So here we come. Martha comes out to meet Jesus. And when she comes out to meet him, she's still hurting. There's people at the house still mourning. She's still crying. And she got her emotions on her sleeve. And she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now she was open. She was honest. She was disappointed and she expressed her feelings to Jesus. But while she was giving Jesus feelings, Jesus was looking for faith. 
Remember, Jesus was there. Jesus was ready. Jesus had already said, I'm going to go wake him up. He's sleeping, but I'm going to wake him up. Jesus was, was looking for faith in Mary and Martha. Jesus was there to raise Lazarus from the dead. And let me just pause real quick to say that God is always looking for faith from you. The Bible says that when Jesus comes back, he will be looking for faith in the earth. When Jesus comes to you, when the Father comes to you on a daily basis, he is looking for faith from you. Say, say, I, I live by faith. Say, I will provide the faith. Say this, put in the chat, God will find faith in me. God will find faith in my heart. So what he was looking for was faith, but what he found in Martha was a bunch of faithless emotion. And faithless emotion is going to get you nowhere with God. Martha had, had sent word for Jesus. And while Lazarus was still alive, yeah, she was she was believing God, but unbeknownst to her, for reasons unbeknownst to her, Jesus stayed where he was for a few more days and didn't show up until Lazarus had been dead for four days. Now, I'm not going to be mad at her because honestly, you know, as a, as a pastor, I've dealt with death and funerals and and when, when I don't care who you are, you, people say that they're ready for death. They're not ready for it. I mean, like this is not something you, 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 you develop a callus towards. It's not really that easy. Death is never easy for any family. And especially not when you believe that somebody's life was cut short. And so, no, they didn't believe that it was time for Lazarus to go. And, and so they, they, they're emoting and, and it's understandable. Their friends are crying. Everybody's crying. These were the people. This was the one that you love, Jesus. This was the one. How could this happen? They had all these questions, emotions flooding their heart. They were frustrated. And so with every inch, inch of her body and her spirit, her soul, she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I imagine her speaking to Lazarus while he was alive. Don't worry, don't worry. Hey, Lazarus, don't worry, man. We already sent word that Jesus is coming. You're gonna get better. Hold on. Jesus is gonna fix it. Jesus is coming and Jesus, he will fix it. But Jesus never showed up and Lazarus died. And she was crying and everybody was crying and they were all emoting. And so when Jesus finally showed up, she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But then she said something else. She said, uh-oh, but even now, look, oh, glory to God. Look at somebody say, even now. Well, you're probably not around anybody early in the morning, but just say, even now. Even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That sounds like faith. She said, even now, Jesus. He's been dead for four days. Even now, Jesus, God will give you whatever you ask. Now, that sounds like faith. That sounds like hope. That sounds like belief. Glory. Was she believing God? Was she ready? Was she was like, was she saying, hey, Jesus, let's do it. You could do it now. Lord, do it again. Was that what she was saying? Unfortunately, we're going to see in the text as I continue that no, she didn't believe. She was just doing what a lot of religious people do. She was speaking religious jargon. She was saying stuff that sounded right but it was coming from an empty heart. And so speaking empty words will get you nowhere with God. Jesus said, your brother will rise again. And she missed it. She was like, well, I know he's going to rise again in the last day. We're going to deal with that later. But so at the end of the day, hope personified was standing in front of her. The resurrection and the life was standing in front of her. And she missed it. 
She didn't believe it. What she was doing was giving God lip service and she was just speaking religious stuff and religion will get you nowhere with God. And I believe God hates religion. And there are people that know how to talk a good game. They know how to say all the right stuff. If I'm in church and I grab the mic and I say, uh, God is good. And they say all the time. And I say all the time. They say, God is good. They know how to clap on the second and fourth beat. You know what I'm saying? They know how to sway. They know all the hymns. But when it comes down to it, if you're not believing God, none of that stuff matters. Like speaking words, empty words from an empty heart mean nothing to God. These are unproductive words. God is looking for faith. So what does this mean for you today? I have four things. This is one. This is where I was debating. Like, Lord, this is a lot. Like, this is a lot. I, I almost tried, broke this up into two things and two things, but I'm going to try to give you all four things this morning. You ready? Process this. Four things. Open up your heart to receive. Here we go. Number one. God does all he does by grace, and when he comes to us, he's looking for faith. So put this in the chat. Say, is God's grace is my faith. So the way that it, it works is that God does everything that he does for us by grace, and then we, in response to God, are supposed to do everything by faith. So it's God's grace is my faith. So God, in his infinite wisdom, in, in his infinite love towards us, he operates by this unearned and amazing grace. This is the unmerited and undeserved favor of God. He, he bestows this upon us. This is why I preach the grace life. It is a reflection of his love and his character and his dedication and his unyielding uh, desire for us to become the men or the women that he called us to be. Grace is an undeserved gift and we cannot earn it. It, it has nothing to do with our merit or our performance, or that's why you got to be delivered from performance-based religion or our efforts or our own. We have no self-righteousness. It's not about us at all. It's all about him. So when God comes to us, he's not looking to measure our achievements. God is not looking to check on our abilities. God is not looking for our worthiness. You are not worthy. You're not worthy today and you're not going to be worthy tomorrow. Get over it. You got to be delivered from performance-based religion. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not holy enough. You're never going to be good enough. Get over it. Die to self so that God can live through you. That's the message of the grace life. So what God is looking for from you is not performance, is not value, is not worth, is not like your human achievements. God is not looking for you to do all these things, to dot every I and cross every T. What God is looking for from you is faith. God is looking for you to have a deep-seated faith. God is looking for you to, to believe him. God is looking for you to believe in a God who will show up in your life, show up in your situation, to have this deep seated faith that is not moved, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor and your faith is not in vain in the Lord. God is looking for you to believe that even when a situation looks dead and is thinking by now, if Jesus shows up, Lord, you can still do it. Lord, do it again. God is looking for you to have a faith that is completely reliant on his grace, on his unmerited favor. God is not about me. It's all about you. Father, If I know I know the world thinks that it's over. The world says it's too late. The world says they've already dismissed it. They've already gone. They've already moved on without me. But Father, if you show up, Father, there's nothing you can't do. Oh, glory to God. Father, if your grace is present, my faith is present. Come on. If you're down for it, I'm down for whatever. If you say yes, I say why not? Let's go. And so God, Jesus showed up. He said, man, I'm here now. And, 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 and Martha first was emoting, getting her feelings out of the way. Okay, fine. Get your feelings out of the way. Then what? Then she said, Lord, even now, 
I know that the Father can give you whatever you ask. And Jesus was like, oh, snap, are you in faith? And then when he starts to investigate, she wasn't in faith at all. Stop giving God empty words. God does everything that he does by grace. God is looking for us to operate by faith. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. Faith is how we make an exchange in God's kingdom. God, listen, everything God does for us, he offers it to us by his unearned, amazing unyielding grace, his dedicated love for us. But God is looking for us to have faith. And when our faith is rooted and grounded in God's grace, it helps us remain humble because it reminds us that it's not about us and it's all about him. It's not about me. It's not about my performance. It's not about my goodness because I'm not that good. It's not about my holiness or righteousness because I'm not self-righteous. It's all about him. Whatever I am, whatever I'm not, I put it all in God's hands. Despite my faults and my flaws and my failures, God loves me. He called me anyway. And so anything that God does in my life is by the grace of God. Anything that God, well, hold on, Rick. Wait a minute. You're the one that gets up early in the morning. You're the one that does today's word. You're the one that puts countless hours into this thing. You're the one that goes to work and you put all of this time and energy and effort. But even that is the grace of God. Anything I do is by the grace of God. See, the, the understanding God's grace in your faith, it keeps you humble. It keeps you, it keeps you submitted unto God. It keeps you relying on him. It's not about you. It's all about him. Put it in the chat. Say, it's all about him. It's not about me. It's all about him. Our faith is a response to God's grace. Without faith, Hebrews 11 to 6 says, it is impossible to please God. Jesus showed up and he was on the scene and he was looking for faith and Martha didn't give it to him. He was looking for faith and Martha, instead of giving faith, what Martha gave was a bunch of feelings. And so, so we are invited to come boldly to the throne of God's grace, that we might find the grace and the mercy of God to help in the time of need. But when we come, God is looking for us to come by faith. God, everything God does, for us. He does it by grace and everything he's looking for from us. He's looking for faith. And so when Jesus arrived and he was ready to raise Lazarus from the dead, it didn't matter that Lazarus had been dead for four days. It didn't matter that his body was already stinking. It didn't matter that maybe even rigor mortis was setting it. It didn't matter. But instead of providing faith, what Martha provided was emotion. What, what she provided was frustration. What, what, she, what she provided was empty words. She said, but even now, Lord, God will give you whatever you ask, but she didn't mean it. And so she gave Jesus empty words from an empty heart, and that will never move God. Stop being religious. If you don't provide the faith, you might miss out on God's grace. Say amen to that. Man, this is going to be a lot, y'all. That was just number one. I got three more to go. Y'all ready? All right, number two, don't allow your feelings to ruin your faith. Put this in the chat. I will not allow my feelings to ruin my faith. So if God is looking for faith for me, then I got to provide it. If the grace is present, my faith needs to be present. If he's already provided the grace, then I need to provide the faith. And I cannot allow my feelings to ruin my faith. While, while I believe it's okay, listen, I'm human, you're human, we're all human. So feelings are part of the human experience. So I'm not saying don't have feelings. You, you, you have feelings. And sometimes humans want to vent. If you want to vent, vent. Get it out. Get it over with. Do whatever you got to do. Yell, scream, whatever. Like once you get it out, though, God is looking for faith. Once you, get, you have your little, you and your, your, your feelings and your emotions and you have that little emotional episode, once you get all of that out, God is still looking for faith. And so God will be, Jesus wanted faith 
from Martha, but all she provided was feelings. See, it is crucial for us to recognize the impact that our feelings can have on our faith. Emotions are, are part of life, right? I got it, but our feelings can sometimes cloud our judgment. Our feelings can sometimes cause us to waver when it comes to the things of God. It is important for you and I to remain anchored in the word of God and not to allow our feelings or our emotions to dictate our faith. Feelings come and feelings go. Feelings are fleeting and they can be influenced by all sorts of factors. But if you want to be steadfast and immovable, you got to meditate and medicate on God's word. You got to meditate and medicate on God's promises. And so that you will not be moved to and fro. You will not be tossed here and there. You will be rooted and grounded on the word of God. Faith is rooted and grounded in an unchanging truth. See, when you're not, when you allow feelings to rule you, you're going to live an unstable life. This instability comes from your feelings because your feelings are always fluctuating. But when you're, when you're rooted and grounded on the word of God, the word of God is stable. There is no instability in the word of God. God said what he said, and he said what he meant, and he meant what he said. And so if you meditate on, and meditate on God's word, you will be rooted and grounded, and you will be strong and stable. You will be secure, and you will rest in him. The highest form of faith is rest. You will enter into God's rest. Say amen to that. You, If you need to get your feelings out the way, do it. Hurry up. Get that out the way. But then get right back to faith. I go to hospitals sometimes and people are crying and all that. That's, listen, we're human. Get all of that out. But after y'all done, wipe your tears. Now we need to pray. Now we need some faith. You see what I'm saying? So you got to do what you got to do if you got to do it. <laughs> but once you get that out of the way, God is looking for faith in the earth. Say amen to that. Put in the chat, I am the just and I live by faith. Number three, religious and empty words are, are unproductive and they will not move God. Listen, Empty words, when I say at the end, hey, repeat after me, speak words of faith from a believing heart. If you repeat what I say, but you don't believe it, they're empty words. They are unproductive. They mean nothing. Jesus actually said, when you stand before God in heaven, you're going to have to give account for every idle word you've ever spoken. That's how important words are. Words are so important that Jesus said, you're going to have to give account for the unproductive words that you've spoken. How do you know your words are unproductive? Because you don't believe them. When she said, oh Lord, even now, see, those were unproductive words because she didn't believe it. And so when you speak words that you don't believe, you're just sounding brass, tinkling cymbal. You mean that's nothing. They are unproductive and those type of words will never move God. But when you speak words of faith from a believing heart, oh glory to God, now, now you're tapping into the grace of God for the power of God to be manifested. So Martha said the right thing, but she only said it because it was the right thing. She didn't believe it. She was speaking religious words. And so if you say something out of protocol, if you say something out of religion, if you say something out of routine, if you say the right thing, because you know it's the right thing to say, but you really don't believe it, it means nothing to God. In the kingdom of God, God is checking your heart. See, words matter and they carry an immense power in God's kingdom. Our words can build up and our words can tear down. Our words can release life and our words can bring death. That's Proverbs 18 and 21. The power of death and life is in the tongue. So God is looking for you to speak faith, feel words from 
a believing heart say amen to that. So throughout the Bible, we see countless examples of the power of words. From the beginning, the Bible says actually that God, everything that you see right now was created, was framed by the word of God. God didn't create things with his hands. God created things with words, with his mouth. God created everything you see by speaking words. And so Jesus, he spoke, he, he spoke to a storm and the storm was still. You see what I'm saying? God spoke, you speak words, words of faith from a believing heart. There's power. The power of death and life is in the tongue. Your words matter. This is why I have two books on affirmations, affirmations for men, affirmations for women. It is important for you to speak the word of God over your life on a daily basis. Say amen to that. So when we align our words with the truth found in the word of God, so, so put this in the chat, say, I, my words will agree with God's words. Put this in the chat. Say, I openly declare what God has already decreed. See, when I openly declare what God has already decreed, then I'm coming in agreement with God on earth from heaven so that now on earth, I'm coming in agreement with heaven so that God's will can be done where? On earth as it is in heaven. So when we align our words with the word of God, we create an atmosphere that is conducive to the moving, uh, the power of God to be manifested in our life. Speaking words of faith from a believing heart, is an act of obedience. And it demonstrates to God that we believe in his power to do exceedingly abundantly above everything we can ask or think or even imagine. But on the other hand, if you speak empty words like she did, and, and these are words that you don't even believe, they are unproductive, then these words can actually be damaging. Speaking words of doubt or fear or negativity can create a barrier that hinders God from moving. This is why Isabella and I, we have this pact. So, so like, this is how we broke each other out, out of speaking negative words. When we first got married, if, if one of us says something negative, we would say, oh, that's your confession. I believe it's coming to pass. And they're going, no, 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 I, I don't, no, no, don't say that. Don't say that. No, I don't want that to happen. Then why'd you say it? Oh, my bad. Take it back. Take it back. I'm, that's how serious we are. Listen, when you say something negative and I say, oh, that's your confession, I believe, oh, no, 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 I don't, I don't want that. So if you don't want that, why'd you say it? Well, you know, no, stop speaking negative words. Negative words can have a tremendous impact on your life in a negative way. And so what you don't want, you want to speak words of faith from a believing heart. Never allow a negative word to come out of your mouth. Say amen to that. All right, number four and finally, last point for today. I told you I have four points and we got to the last one. We must be open to the supernatural. Put in the chat, I am open to the supernatural. I'm open to the supernatural. This series is about the miracles of Jesus. Why does God want me to teach about the miracles? Because he wants you to be open to the supernatural. Why would God tell me to preach about every miracle that Jesus performed if he didn't want to do something miraculous in your life? I mean, why would we be on part 65 or 66 this morning? We, we've been going through this since, since the January 2nd. And from January 2nd to now, we've been looking at all of these miracles. Why would we be doing this if it wasn't the will of God to do something in your life that exceeds your wildest imaginations, remember Ephesians 3 and 20, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think or even imagine according to the power that works on the inside of us. So when Jesus told Martha that her brother will rise again, he said, listen, your brother will rise again. And she said, well, I believe he's going to rise again last day. No, she didn't believe it. He was saying, listen, I want you to believe. I want you... But Lord, we're going to see later. She was like, no, the body stinketh by now. No, 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 no. Jesus is like, I want you to believe 
that I can do anything. I want you to believe. Listen, are you ready for the supernatural for real? In 2023, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you believe in God for. This is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. While God is ready to do all of these amazing things in your life, you got to be ready for it. You got to be ready for the supernatural. Your heart needs to be open. Say, Lord, I'm open. Open up your heart to the power of God. Open up your heart to the infinite possibilities. There are no impossibilities with God. Do not allow yourself to be trapped in religious practices or rituals and routines and performance-based religion. Do not allow yourself to be confined to adhering to a bunch of rules and making sure I got to do this right, do that right. If not, God is not going to bless me. Listen, you're not that good. Get over yourself. You got to get over yourself and get over the fact that, that religion will get you nowhere with God. You got to open up your heart to believe God. God provides the grace. You got to provide the faith. So here's some things as I close. Here's some things that will help you to avoid the trap of religious thinking. Here we go. Number one, cultivate a personal and intimate relationship with God. Spend time with God in the season. Spend time with the Holy Spirit. Number two, attempt to be led by the Holy Spirit in all things, at all times, at every moment of every day. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. And when he leads you to do something that you're uncomfortable with, acknowledge your uncomfort, your discomfort, but you got to do it anyway. Obedience, delayed obedience is disobedience. Just do whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And then uh, number three, be willing to step out in faith, even at the risk of looking foolish. There's going to be times where the Holy Spirit tells you to do something. You don't know what you're doing. You feel like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing, but fine. Even at the risk of looking foolish, be willing to step out in faith. Number, number one, two, three, four, reject religious legalism. Don't be legalistic. Don't, don't live your life focused on a bunch of rules. Performance-based religion will get you nowhere. And then number five, and finally, surround yourself with people of like precious faith, like we're doing here on The Grace Life. Like we, every morning we get on here and we say, good morning, Grace Life family. And people put in the chat, hey, I'm, I need prayer for this, I need prayer for that. And people immediately start praying. Why? Because we're surrounding ourselves with people of like precious faith. We're surrounding ourselves with people that will build us up and not tear us down. So don't be religious. This is a season for us to open up our hearts to the supernatural power of God, because God wants to do it. The grace is present, but our faith has to be present. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I know that I was preaching better than you're saying amen. Say amen in the chat. If you got something out of that, put it in the chat. Now, I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. In this season, I declare that I will experience you in ways I never have before. You have called me to walk and live by faith, not by my feelings. So after I get my feelings out, my heart is always open to operating in faith. I'm always ready for the supernatural. I do not speak empty words out of tradition. I speak faith-filled words from a believing heart. You are ready, Father, to exceed my expectations. So my heart is ready to receive. I will not limit you in any way with fear, doubt, or unbelief, or even religious practices. I welcome your supernatural power, and I am open to whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. Living this way, I know greater is coming for me. 
I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow, I'm going to have another one. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes. Why not sign up to get the notes? You get the notes for free. Get all my notes for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. This was a good word. You might need to listen to this again to get encouraged to, to live by faith, not, not to be caught up in religious practices, not to give God empty words. God hates religion. What you want to do is you want to speak words of faith from a believing heart. When God is ready to move, God provides the grace. Put this in the chat. I will provide the faith. I love you. God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, we have several books and products on rickpina.co. These are products designed to help you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have apparel there that will help you represent the grace life. Thank you so much for being a blessing to us. And we pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you. 